Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, episode 15, July 9th, 2022. So glad you could make it. Well, a quick note about last week's episode and particularly the Gallup poll on institutional confidence. As expected, uh, I think I mentioned it last week that the new one should be out pretty soon, and it was released just a couple days ago. And the trends continue downward for each institution. The Supreme Court, no surprise, was down 11% the, uh, from, from 21 to 22 the presidency is down 15%. Congress is down 5 but to 7% overall, in which people have a, a great deal of confidence in the institution. The media is down. And the one that hits me deep, public schools down once again to a, a new low of just 28% of people that have a great amount of confidence in that institution. So that'll be on my on my mind in the coming weeks for sure. And a quick note about next week, uh, the, the next week's episode, episode 16, will be about uh, a handful of TV shows that I've watched through the years. I've not quite come up with the different categories or different topics for each one, um, but I do hope to feature a bit of commentary by my kiddos. I believe Isaac has already agreed to offer his insights on Survivor. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to rope the other two in as well. But that was last week and next week, and this is this week. So this week the title is I'm Losing It. And yeah, I hear all of you muttering to yourself, losing it. That dude lost it a long time ago. And maybe you're right. LOL. But a couple different layers today of losing it. Um, but but again, before I get started, my friend Matt Worth often asks, uh, what he often asks, what am I reading currently? And I think that is one of the better questions for a, for a great conversation. And, and, and there's no doubt that the things that I'm reading color my thoughts and at least provide a filter. And, and maybe, and probably I just become a parrot of whatever it is that I'm reading at the time. So just so you know kind of where I'm coming from these days, I continue to read poems by Mary Oliver each morning. Um, just um, new and selected po- uh, poems. Volume two is where I'm at now. Just beautiful stuff. Uh, one about the sun that I posted this morning on the story at DT underscore madness. I'm reading this book that has like uh, meditations on wisdom, the 365. It's called The Daily Stoic. That's what it's called. Um, and the Stoics are interesting. It's like Marcus Aurelius and Seneca, um, a couple of others. And I don't know. In, in some ways, they're just kind of like, hey, just suck it up and, and live life and stop being. So that's a different kind of uh, perspective, maybe. Um, I'm reading Thich Nhat Hanh. I finished that uh, first book, The Essential Teachings. I, I know I get the title wrong. I got it wrong last week, too. Um, but basically, it's The Essential Teachings of the Buddha. Um, and, and I'm on to reading one of his about mindfulness, um, the miracle of mindfulness, 
Um, and that's been really good as well. I'm reading Ken Wilber. I'm reading One Taste, which is kind of a diary of his. I've read several of his books. I really like his idea of integrating uh, integral psychology, integral, I don't know what else he calls it, integral spirituality, integrating all the things really. Pretty pretty uh, marvelous stuff to read. And I admit that I did watch Doctor Strange 2, who, you know, what is he? Is that the Multiverse of Madness? I think they took their name from DT Madness. And then I subsequently went back and watched uh, a bunch of the Marvel, um, especially the Avengers stuff, a little bit of WandaVision, trying to specifically follow Wanda and Vision's story. Um, so I will give a minor spoiler alert warning here. Um, I'm not going to give away plots too much, but with WandaVision, the series, and with the new Doctor Strange, um, I am going to make comments about those and quote some of the dialogue. Um, but anyway, on with it. I'm losing it. For one, uh, as I mentioned last week, I think uh, I did paint my toenails. Uh, I had my toenails painted and... Um, they were painted blue at first, and now I've gone back to uh, orange, um, the, the quick bliss orange. And, um, you know, that's not the first time. I actually wore orange toenails to my senior prom back in 1996. Um, but, you know, when you're an 18-year-old on top of the world, then orange toenails are one thing. Yeah, when you're a 44-year-old dude, yeah, well. Maybe a little bit different. And I actually didn't stop at my toenails this time. Um, before we went to the beach this past couple days, I painted my fingernails. Went with the blue, so I had the blue and orange, which have always been uh, my favorite colors and the favorite color combination. I just painted my fingernails just on my left hand. Why just my left hand? Why at all? I don't really know. Um, but then I did take a picture of myself with my toenails and fingernails painted and realized that I really am, I think, losing it, which inspired the title for today. I'll come back to this experience of having my toenails and fingernails painted in the next layer of losing it. Uh, but I am losing it. I, I've been wearing these tapered, I don't know, bay leaf is the name of them. They're they're like jogger pants, I guess, but I don't even know what material this is, but they're so slicky and they got little vents on the side and they actually keep me cooler than not having them on, but I really like them. I like the way they feel. They got awesome zipper pockets. I'm sure I don't look uh, super cool. I wore them to the fish concert. I mean, I sat down on the beach with them and the sand doesn't stick to them. And when they get wet, they dry almost immediately. And I'm always wearing those pants and I'm always wearing my tank top. I'm a tank top guy. I've mentioned that before. I bought a couple new ones. Um, but yeah, that's that's me with my with my arm tat out. I'm losing it, you know. I'm I'm back to again, I, I've I guess I just shaved or buzzed my head with my own clippers for the longest time. Um I try to grow it out some once Sam's main kept kind of grew out, you know, and Isaac was growing his out during the uh, the height of the pandemic phase and all that. And so I tried to grow mine back out again, but uh, kind of like I had it because mine was long when I got married. It was, you know, I grew it out senior year in high school and had it long freshman year at Davidson. Um, doesn't quite look 
the same. I look a little too much like Kenny Rogers, I guess. I feel like when I have my hair long and my beard. Um, but I, I, I miss, you know, Kathy Creswell takes care of me so much at Talk of the Town. And uh, I ended up going back up there a couple of years ago when I got my hair dyed blonde because the Crest baseball team was doing that. And so I guess I have been losing it for a while. Um, but, I, but I go up there and, and this time I got the, I got the one guard on the side and she put, she's like, you know, she washed it for me at the end, which ah, that was the life, you know? And then she's like, you want to put some product in it? And I don't usually go for that, but she did. And I've been, I've been, I've been doing some product in my hair, you know, 44 years old with my tank top and my taper pants and my, my toenails. And, um, I remember my friend, Sarah Ferguson, um, I actually went with her to Shelby's senior prom, um, but we were such good friends back in the day. She always called me jailhead back in high school because I guess I used a lot of product back then too. But hey, here I am again, 2022. I'm losing it. <laughs> I have recently gone full or at least almost full vegetarian. Um, I don't, there's no doubt that, you know, I was pretty much down to just chicken and um, salmon anyway. I haven't eaten pork or red meat in almost two and a half years. Um, and so it wasn't a huge leap for me, but reading some of this Thich Nhat Hanh and thinking about both my own health and both uh, the health of the whatever, biosphere, ecosphere, whatever. Um, I don't know. I just made the leap. Now, I'm not fully because I do eat salmon just on Sunday nights so far. That's the, you know, um, I guess that's a part-time pescatarian is what I am, which I read the arguments, the people who say, you know, they say fish aren't quite at the same level as chickens and whatever, but, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty much full vegetarian now. I, I do eat eggs still, um, and dairy and all that. So I'm not, I'm not all the way. I'm not like a vegan guy and I've really gotten into the fuzzy water. Uh, fizzy water, fuzzy, fizzy. Um, I never thought I would really like that stuff. LaCroix guava is what I went to first off. Sydney loves the word guava. So uh, that's why I picked that one. And I really do like it. And and my friend Matthew turned me on to, uh, Matthew Frazier turned me on to the Tangerine Aldi brand. And I'm not a I'm not an Aldi guy typically, but uh, my stuff's solid. So vegetarian and fuzzy water, I'm losing it. I'm losing it to like in the conversations that I have with my kids. I don't know. Um, I guess when my kids were younger, we were, we had a filter. Um, I, I probably haven't had one as much as Sarah has maybe, but I just anymore, I really don't even have much of a filter at all. I, I really might be scarring them for, for life, but the, uh, the hope is to create a, to create a language, you know, that has, that has few barriers in a way, like it helps create this secret language with, which, with, uh, each of them, you know, I say these weirdo things to Isaac and it creates inside jokes and, and looks and nods, you know, that creates this layer of connection. Also, I hope it creates a safe feel for them to be able to say their things too. We got so many taboo issues, unspeakable things or whatever, especially in this culture uh, down south and 
but we're all dadgum humans, you know? We all experience the same basic things in, in pretty much all the ways. So I, I hope that we can break down conversational barriers to encourage and cope and laugh. And, you know, like I just go around saying stuff like the, the new words that the kids say. Uh, I like to say that the song is a bopping and a banging, um, whatever. Um, they think I'm weird. I am weird. I'm losing it. So, you know, I won't get into all the madness and randomly strange things I say to the kids, but I do have to say that I do an amazing impersonation of the Scarlet Witch. Again, there's this part, if you want to fast forward for, you know, 10 seconds here, uh, maybe 20, there's this part in Doctor Strange 2 where the Scarlet Witch, she gets into this guy's mind and she tells him to run. And she does it in a very effective way. Um, Isaac giggles when I talk about how uh, how great of an actress Miss Olsen is. Um, but I, I do a really good impersonation of that. Run, you know, I'm, I'm good at it. But but anyway, so as we get into the next layer of losing it, losing it, I want to go back to my beautiful fingernails and toes. Judgment is a real thing, y'all, you know, like walking around my small town and talking with the older people that I, that, that know that I, who I am, they know I'm the mayor, they know I'm a teacher whatever. Like I feel the intensity of it. Maybe it's just me, you know, maybe that's all in my own head, but you know, I don't think so. Um, now when I order my Starbs, you know, and I go and I get my black coffee, uh, super grande at the uh, at the drive through. I don't feel a tinge of judgment, not a tinge. And so it's a really interesting thing for me to begin to think about. You know, um, I, I've said before. You know, look, maybe there are good conservative social reasons to maintain codes of dress and behavior. I, I'm sure there are good arguments to be made. I could probably make them. I mean, look, the reason I can comfortably say that it's not just me feeling the judgment is because I know I've played my part in perpetuating it. I've done plenty of my share of judging. And as Ken Wilber would argue, there are things with more quality and things with less quality. We judge. That's a thing that we do. I agree with that. But your appearance and the way you want to express yourself, the way I want to express myself, I'm losing my care about all that. I'm losing being judgy, judgy. And as hard as this one is for me, I'm losing my need to fit into your judgment for the longest time. I mean, I mean, for all the time, I've had a desire to be seen in a certain way. I still put my blue fingernails hand in my pocket when talking to people around town, the ones who know who I am, they know I'm the mayor. So you know, look, I haven't completely lost it yet, but I do aim to be more and more comfortable with me. And so, you know, I, I suppose this here is really the heart of the episode, but I'm working hard on losing my arrogance. Specifically, I mean the arrogance that I display outwardly and inwardly at my expectation of time. I know that so much of my anxiety is rooted in what I think should happen or what I think might happen. 
to a certain extent, based on things that have happened in the past. Of course, now is the only time. I mean, it always has been. It's our only experience. And we can plan and anticipate and reflect, and all those things can be beneficial and wonderful. But I'm losing, working on losing my expectation of time. I remember going kayaking with my uh, my dear friend from all the way back to second or third grade, who now happens to be my boss. And we were talking about this type of issue, and he, he just says, you know, you know, who am I to have this type of expectation? I'm the luckiest guy in the world. All of these things that I have, even to this point, if I don't get another single day, then I will have been lucky and blessed beyond all measure. And I really appreciated his perspective on that. I mean, I, I, I used to love countdowns, you know, and I and anticipating can be grand. It can also be grueling. But now I work more and more to completely be at home to be completely at home where I am, to be content, not detached, you know, not detached, but aware and with right understanding. One of the um, practices that I've been doing after reading um, Thich Nhat Hanh is there are these five things that he says we should repeat to ourselves each day. And I, I typically do it when I walk down at the river. Um, but it is, it, the, the five things are this, it, it is in my nature to grow old. I cannot escape growing old. It is my nature to have ill health. I cannot escape having ill health. It is my nature to die. I cannot escape or avoid dying. It is the nature of all the people and things that I hold dear to change. I cannot avoid being separated from them. My actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequences. My actions are the ground on which I stand. And in that light, I'm, I'm losing the attraction and, and maybe addiction I have to social media, especially Instagram, which was kind of the last one standing for me anyway. I, I don't really worry about the other ones anymore. It's just so easy to create a made-up world there. You know, I can post all the pictures of our beach trips or inspirational quotes or sentimental pictures of videos of the kids back in the day. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with any of that. I love to see what you post. In some ways, I feel more connected to you by following your story. But when I post pictures of a fabulous beach trip, I don't post the short words, you know, that 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 may get shared between members of the family. I don't post the anxieties that we feel. And you know what? Even when I do, that's it's still a controlled world. It's still on my own terms. It's not the raw day-to-day -day life filled with rough and sometimes jagged edges. It's not the pain as it's experienced in real time. It's Westview. And if you're not familiar with WandaVision, like she's able to create this world using her magical powers. And she's able to create this world with good intentions. She wants her kids to be safe. She wants to be with her kids. So I'm losing that desire to reside so much of the time in that Westview world of Instagram. 
Instead, I want to reside more and more on that gazebo beach swing with Sarah and the kids. You know, the swing that looks so amazing in the pictures, but one on which if you touch the chains that holds it up, you'll get covered in rusty orange. The one that leads back to the house with the creaky and sagging planks into a dingy and musty old cramped beach house. But I want to sit there as I did with Sarah, not saying a word, though maybe I should lose my penchant for being so silent in these times. But this time I sat there, almost outside of myself, witnessing myself, witnessing the whole scene. I warned you, I've been reading Ken Wilber. And the only thought of words was just this. Here we are. You know, after all these years, our kids are off doing their things and dealing with their things. And no doubt we both have all of our things to deal with as well. But we just sat and listened to the ocean and felt the wind and rested in that moment that is so different and so the same of all the other moments that we've done this. Okay, I'll, I'll come back to earth now. But Wilbur and, and, and the teachings of the Buddha via, via Han have been, have been helpful for me in this regard, no doubt. There's a peace and calm that I haven't felt in a while, even through the, the storms of life. But in a real sense, maybe as much or more, or just maybe in combination with, there's this scene in Doctor Strange 2 that really hit me. Again, minor spoiler alert here, so... If you want to fast forward some. The Scarlet Witch has created this world, just like she did in Westview, so that she can be with her kids and they can be safe and all will be well as she sees and believes should be well. She's in control. And I am so much like that. My motivations are so pure in that regard. My desire is for what I believe to be good. Goodness. But it's not a real world. It's contrived. Anyway, in in the multiverse, right, there's all these different universes and such. And I can get Isaac to tell you about all that and Sam to tell you about all that for hours and hours and hours. But the, the other Wanda finally tells the Scarlet Witch, who's, I mean, bent on destruction to, to maintain this contrived world. But the, but the other Wanda finally tells the Scarlet Witch these words. Know that they'll be loved. And dang, that junk hit me harder than the end of Prince's Diaries. Seriously, th- those are the words that I have to hear. I need to hear. That I hear. I cannot control all the things. But I will love them. And I know that because of all the people around us and that, that love them and support them, and I know that even if all those people and institutions and whatever falters and fail, I know that the one will love them. I know that love and hope and goodness are real. They are perhaps the only things that are real. At least they're the realest. So I just have to do my thing, resting in this moment and losing my desire to create a safe and secure world that is fake, and living life with them through all the things, and trusting and knowing that they'll be loved.
Alright then, so just a quick halftime break and then we will wrap it up uh, pretty quickly in the second half. A little bit of a break here, a little bit of a brain break from that heaviness. Just a couple of things that we don't believe in in our family and or at least each of us individually. Um, I don't believe in the heat index. If you tell me that it is 92 outside, but it feels like it's 98, then it's 98. Um, so just say it's 98. If it feels like 98, it's 98. So whatever. You can believe in the heat index if you want to, but I don't think it's a real thing. Incidentally, I do think the wind chill factor is real. So deal with it. Sydney really has had a hard time believing in the concept of unforced errors in tennis as we've been watching um, because she says they're all forced like the other person hit the ball and so she does not believe in unforced errors she also says doesn't believe in silent letters especially silent g's uh, in that re- in that regard i've been going around trying to say all of the g's in every word so if you want to turn on the light you turn on the light yeah we're weird Things I do believe in or a thing that I do believe in and maybe like the thing that I hope, you know, that people say about me at my funeral, um, about, you know, at my mass of resurrection, as Father John says, according to David. But I hope that you will say about me that I was a great merger, you know, that I was able to to drive onto that on-ramp and just seamlessly work my way into traffic because I do believe in a good merge. You got to get up to speed, y'all. You got to take that peek over your shoulder midway down the ramp and see what's out there. Another thing I've been thinking about during halftime is uh, is is nonverbals. And my favorite nonverbal at the moment, and maybe it maybe will stand the test of time, is if you know anything about tennis, then when. When you hit a point, if, if it clips the net and then falls over, then the, the typical thing is to to doff your cap, you know, to, to raise up your hand in an apology. I know that I probably shouldn't have won that point because it hit the net. Now, I'm going to take the point, but I'm sorry kind of to you. I acknowledge doffing the cap. Now, Kyrgios, or Kyrgios, if you say the G, um, he takes a bow. That's him. We'll get to him in a second. But speaking of nonverbals, how many things can you say with just one hand? You know, there's the thumbs up, there's the middle finger up, there's peace, there's finger guns, you know, there's whatever. How many things can you think of that you can say with just one hand? Welcome back to what should be a fairly brief second half, second set here. Um, ended up talking about the, the profound impact that Wanda's words in Doctor Strange 2, know that they'll be loved, the freedom that that has granted me, even in just a week or so of seeing it. So, you know, to wrap up, I'm I'm losing my unhealthy attachment to the people that I love. (laughs) 
That sounds like a terrible thing to say. But it, it brings freedom to me. And it, it brings freedom to them. They don't, they don't have to deal as much with the burden of my own neuroticism. And, and, and I hope that they can have more room to breathe and live on their own terms. Just like Westview when it was finally destroyed. Now, you know, it's tempting in terms of losing it. It's tempting to lose all care like Kyrgios, you know, or at least the caricature of him. I, I have no doubt that he's a much rounder character than the media portrays, you know, though he does earn a lot of that portrayal by the way that he acts, you know. Um, he seems to not give any actual, um, you know, we'll say cares on the court, Dennis Rodman style. He does not seem to care what you think about him. He doesn't seem to care. He can say whatever he wants. If you get your feelings hurt, then you get your feelings hurt. He's not going to follow the conventions. He's not going to follow any of the rules. I mean, you know, the social conventions. And he's going to argue. He's going to be brash. And it's tempting to be like that. You know, it seems like losing all that attachment, all that connection to those types of conventions would be freeing to not give a crap about anything. Seems like that would be the easier path. But I truly believe that we are obliged, that we are that we are obligated to love. And with that comes the cost. And the cost of love, the cost of true love is enormous. It's everything. It's why I understand Wanda. And and I can't get out of her storyline at this at this time. If you're not a Marvel person, I'm sorry for for all this, but um, hopefully it still makes sense. But think of all that she lost. Think of all that she's lost along the way. Yet she still comes through. She comes through the darkness now, and she causes a lot. But she still comes through. I'll close it like this because, you know, we've been watching Wimbledon this past fortnight, um, which is 14 days. I like to say fortnight. Pretty much all the matches, Sydney and I especially have watched all the matches. Um, and tomorrow morning we'll we'll watch the, the gentleman's final and then probably some doubles. But as we've, we've watched this amazing tennis, and it really has been phenomenal tennis, so many good matches. I keep noticing, though, that you just have to hit the shot back, even if it's a stretch, um, even if it's a reach, and you can't even get much on the return shot. But you never know what the other player will be able to do. So you just have to scrap. You just have to, to scrape to keep it in the court. You have to face the adversity of being down, down in the score of the match down physically, down mentally, down emotionally. And, you know, if you don't get the shot back in the court, then you have to move on to the next point, the next game, next set, next match. And when you've played your last point, if you play this way, then you will have given to the game, capital G. You'll have given to the game. You will have made it better, made it beautiful. For those present and with the ripples that you will be sending out across time and space. So I hope you can begin to lose it. 
with me. The words of Jesus have always taught us that when we lose, we gain it all. We gain life. So I hope you can lose it with me. This has been a Church of Six production brought to you by the Magic Rock, the Bucket of Life, the Foundation Tower of Stone, and by the Wall of Belief, which is now under construction and several quotes have been mod-podged up. Avett Brothers, Wendell Berry, Trey Anastasio, and the uh, inimitable Will Korn also figures in. Peace, my friends.